that are spoilery An IMD description that tells you nothing about the movie oh. A quiz or a game with flaws that always ends in a draw But it's all good if we have fun Cause that's the first rule of film Hello and welcome to the First Rule of Film Club. I'm Hannah. I'm Eddie. And I'm Alex. And each week we invite you to watch a film along with us, have a little discussion and play a silly little game at the end. So what film have we been watching this week? Well, <laughs> well you should know. We watched it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you keep asking me. I thought, you know, I thought you'd, you'd do your research. Um, we watched Blinded by the Light. Um, and just before you explain what it's about, if you haven't seen this film, we will be discussing spoilers, uh, so turn off now if you care about that. It's a spoilerific discussion. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to be getting into the meat of this film, you know, so be careful. Uh, Vegetarians, beware. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leaf eaters, be gone. So, in England in 1987, a teenager from an Asian family learns to live his life, understand his family, and find his own voice through the music of American rock star. Bruce Springsteen. To be fair, that in itself was a bit of a spoiler, but I mean... Really? Yeah, this isn't like the first 15 minutes of the film, wasn't it? Well, it's saying, you know, he learns to live his life, understand his family and find his voice. I mean, that's, that's like the whole plot, really. It's coming of age. You don't know if he's going to find his voice or not. It is already telling you it's going to be resolved, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not, not happy about that. But, <laughs> well, I'm glad we did that spoiler warning before I read that out, actually. Yeah, God. Right, so, what do you guys think of it? First thoughts? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. That's that's all my thoughts in one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Um. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking afterwards, it's kind of like yesterday, a similar sort of vibe mm. to yesterday, but with a lot more heart and kind of emotion behind the characters. Because in yesterday, his whole character is a bit shallow in a way. Like his whole sort of realisation is about the fact that being successful wouldn't kind of give him worth. Mm-hmm. which is fine. But this film had much deeper kind of meaning of like racism and his relation to his family, but it, it still kept it light somehow. Yeah. Mm. yeah, well, I think there were light bits and there were like a couple of kind of like quite nasty bits of like sort of showing the kind of, you know, the racism and, and the way things were like kind of back then. But yeah, it never got too... It was 50-50, wasn't it? It was kind yeah. of, um, it was a fun film in every way. And then every now and then they chuck a deep, a deep complicated theme in there. It was kind of like Springsteen's songs, actually, because they're kind yeah. of simple. You know, the songs themselves are simple, but they've got quite whole, whole grain, complex messages in there. Mm. And they mean different things to different people. Like there's a bit when he says, oh, I thought I knew what Springsteen was talking about in that, bu- in that song. But actually, I think he meant something completely different. And I don't know if he meant something completely different or if it's just that the songs, you can read different things into them depending on what mood you're in or what your background is or what you're feeling. And that's probably the same for the film itself as well. I like that it kind of, it goes into kind of, you know, what it's like to be kind of, you know, in a, a Pakistani family who's moved to England, the problems of racism and trying to find kind of trying to keep your identity, but also kind of, you know, trying to ingratiate yourself into a new culture. There's those themes, but then at the same time, there's, there's something in there for everyone. So even if you can't relate to that specifically, it's all about kind of growing up and just feeling like, you know, you're at that age where, you're just sick of your family and you want to move out, you want to, you know, spread your wings and fly, you know, you're quite lost, you know, you're kind of, you're looking, you're grasping for like something, whether it's like yeah. music or 
film or literature, you know, just something that can like inspire <laughs> anything. I'll literally just yeah. take anything. Yeah. You are literally <laughs> at, at that age. You literally just, you know, you want just some hand to like grab you and just say like, you know, things are going to be okay. <laughs> and uh, I think that film really captures that really nicely. I know you were talking about yesterday, but also another film I would talk about is Sing Street. It's got that kind of um, like fun vibe to it. All the characters are quite kooky and extreme. Mm. I've never seen that one. I've seen it. Uh, yeah, it's a good comparison. Okay, so um, did any of you guys have like a kind of standout moment? Was there like a scene in this film that you thought was like, you know, just the, the perfect part of it? The bit ooh, that was kind ooh. of. I have a standout moment. Mm. For me, uh, the part that made me feel kind of, uh, I don't know, like that kind of feeling where you're so happy and you feel like you want to cry, but you're not sure why you want to cry, was when he wrote the poetry and he ended up throwing it out of his, um, out of his window and stuff. But then the, the war vet ended up getting one of the poems mm. and um, brought it round to his house and uh, you know, gave it back to him and said, this is amazing, you know, you've touched me with your words. And then his father didn't even know about it and he was just upset with his son for writing poetry kind of thing. I felt the impact of that moment a lot. Mm. I like that stuff. I think in films, it, it always seems to like really just kind of hit you emotionally when there's a character you think is going to be horrible or, or always have, has always been horrible and it turns out they're actually kind of, you know, they actually are mm. nice and they actually do care, you know, whatever. I think that always, that always that never ceases to like you know, tug on heartstrings. And I, I did like that moment. I had a feeling that that old guy was going to be nice. To yeah, be fair. yeah. I, I, I thought he was going to be a bit <laughs> of a Argus Filch kind of character yeah. where you think he's going to be scary, but actually he's got a heart of gold. What? Filch doesn't have a heart of gold. What are you on about? He does. At the end, he turns out to be a goodie, doesn't he? Wait, no, does he? I'm not sure no. we're thinking of the same Filch yeah. here. <laughs> the creepy guy in Harry Potter with the cat. Yeah. You no. killed my cat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll kill you. <laughs> Yeah, lovely guy. That's the Phil John yeah. thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I thought at the end he fought in the army or something. No, I don't think so. Oh, oh well, there you go. One of the things that was so nice about that moment, though, is his teacher has just told him that what he wrote was good. And he kind of says, yeah, well, you're my teacher, so you have to say that. Whereas this guy had no obligation to him. He didn't have to say it was good. He didn't need to think anything about it. He could have just thrown it in the bin. Um so to have someone say that it's good when you're not even expecting it means more than to have someone who's supporting you already say it's good. I think it shows as well, I think, you know, when you're you're in that mindset where you, you feel like an outsider wherever you are and it kind of it just seems like wherever you go, everyone is looking at you and you, you kind of have that kind of suspicious feel on. You feel like, oh, God, this guy's looking at me. I think, you know, it's because he's, he's racist or, you know, he doesn't want me here. He doesn't like me because of this. And so I think it kind of shows that, you know, even sometimes it feels like you are against the world, but it's not it's not always the case. You know, there's all these people you think, you know, don't like you or dislike, you, you know, they're, they're probably on your side as well. But it's just hard to kind of yeah. break that barrier sometimes. Yeah, there's no goodies or baddies in this film, I don't think. Do you think there's no goodies and baddies? But it's almost he has to go through that realisation that he has also been segmenting the world into good people and bad people and using his family as kind of an excuse for his own selfishness to make himself a good person, when actually sometimes he was being in the wrong. Mm. Um, and for me, I thought that was really nice, you know, when his... Well, not nice, but I thought that was a, a good uh, point when his girlfriend said, why do you always make your family your excuse? And um, when I heard her say that, I was like, wow, that is so harsh. I can't believe she just said that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but then, actually, she was right in the end, because... It was after that point that he kind of started standing up for himself a bit more. Um, he still had a way to go before he reconciled that he didn't have to just be selfish and push his own agenda forward 
or be with his family. There was like a nice middle ground there. Yeah. Mm. But it's almost by seeing the world in this kind of dichotomy caused him to paint the world black and white in a way which he didn't need to be and force himself down an unhappy road. Yeah, well, he was living by Springsteen's words. You want it, you take it, you pay the price. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, I think his his dad in the film was quite a good character. I thought he was quite well written. He wasn't just completely like tyrannical and you know just kind of controlling you know there's moments throughout the film where you can see he's not all bad he's not all evil like when his his mum has to kind of sell her jewelry at the pawn shop and she goes to take off her wedding ring and he kind of puts his hand on her hand and says no no we're not we're not getting rid of that yeah i loved the dad character so much Mm. in fact i loved that they focused on his hands quite a lot did you Mm. notice that and um I don't know, it's like the very first scene with the dad in it, I noticed it, because he clicks his fingers and he puts his palm out and then it just zooms in on that. And uh, obviously that's him asking for the wages. This is like his lifeline, his lifeblood that he needs. And you see a bit of like a primal way that he holds things. It's, I, I just quite like that he was quite a kind of morally grey character. He wasn't all good and he wasn't all evil, but you're just seeing it from, from that, the perspective of like a teenager who just... It just hates their parents for just always like controlling every aspect of their life, and it's just so ready to like to leave. Yeah, because especially when the mum was dyeing his hair, and then he starts to cry, and you realise that what maybe you perceived as greedy earlier on or being tyrannical was actually just driven by the amount of stress and weight of pressure that he felt to be the head of the household and keep the household going and make sure that they didn't end up living in a rubbish neighbourhood like everyone expected them to. Mm. He was battling against the same expectations as the son, but almost with even added pressure because it was his decision to come to this country. So if it didn't work out, it was kind of his fault. Mm. Everyone in this movie is so human. Like, everyone's got their own little things going on. I I like that, and this sounds kind of stupid to say, but I like that it it felt like a true story. Like, I I know it was a true story. (laughs) Sometimes you watch, like, a kind of, I mean... I mean, it's a bit racist, but a lot of American films do this, where it will say based on a true story, but then as you're watching, you think that didn't happen. That definitely didn't happen. <laughs> that ha- that probably happened, but definitely not like that. Those two characters never met. There is no way that happened. They've changed that, you know. Whereas with this, most of it, pretty much all of it, I felt, you know, actually, this seems like, you know, this is this is how it happened, and this is, I can believe all that, you know. Yeah, and also. I, it, what made me laugh was um, his friend in the film. I've forgotten his name. Um, so Javid's friend, and he, I was trying to place who he was for ages. Like the whole film, I was like, I've seen this actor before. I don't know where he's from. And in the end, I had to look it up. It's Tommen Baratheon. I was a huge Game of Thrones fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I, I realized that as well. I couldn't recognize him with his hairpiece on. I thought you meant yeah. the Sikh friend. Yeah, I was I like, thought, wait, what? Wait, he was Tom and Baratheon. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, really? Oh my god, that it's is good. a weird one. It's a good performance, yeah. isn't it? Because like you got you barely recognisable at all. It's a lot of range. Yeah. Yeah, his relationship with his dad was interesting as well because uh, when they fell out at the market, mm. and then that really hurt him. Um, it was interesting that he was kind of saying, you know, my dad bullies me as well, and he pushes me around and stuff. Because I think the main character, he just thought that it was because his family were immigrants. That's why he was having this very singular experience that no one could relate to. Um, but actually, although obviously like the immigrant experience probably compounds it a little bit, it's just lots of people have issues with their parents. And uh, you can reach out and talk to people about it. You don't have to feel like you're alone because you're in a specific situation. Mm. I think one of my favourite 
aspects of the film. It's just the parts where it is just Javid and he's there in his room and he's just putting kind of his, his Walkman on and he's listening to Bruce Springsteen. And the lyrics are there kind of like appearing by his head and he's just so like sucked into the music. Like I think I think they really like managed to get that across really well. I think a lot of films try and do that. And then I have a scene where characters listen to music and they're dancing around their room. But that feeling, like I don't know if you guys have had it when you just you're home alone or you're in your room on your own and you put on some music and it's like, you know, your favourite artist, or maybe it's a song you've never even heard before, but you just you're so lost in it. And like the lyrics, you know, you listen to every single word, you're like, Oh my god, this is incredible and you're like, you know, you danced around the room in your pants or whatever. And like mm. I think they really, really did that well. It's one of the major relatable parts of the film, I think, because mm. everyone must have that at some point. I mean, unless you really hate music, you probably have that feeling where you put on your headphones and whatever you're listening to has completely infected your brain and it just feels like everything around you is like a music video and it's all just playing into your, your own like brain and the music you're hearing is... Yeah, I like that because I feel like if I directed the film the scenes when he'd been in his room listening to the music, I would have gone like really surreal with it and I'd have had, you know, the walls of his bedroom would have like collapsed and he'd have been in like rural America and mm. everyone would be running around wearing like Springsteen outfits. Whereas, <laughs> whereas, uh, uh, whereas I actually think the way they did it was so much more subtle and actually a lot, a lot better. I your version. <laughs> <laughs> no, Thank but you. I well, think your version wouldn't have worked because the whole point was that Bruce Springsteen's life is a million miles away from what his experience of living in Newton was like. And yet the music was so relatable to him. So it had to be him running around Luton. It couldn't be him running around America or something like that. Because like before that, when they'd shown the songs that he had written and the lyrics and poems and excerpts of that, they were all really specific and based on what was going on and um, super political. And there's obviously still a place for that. But actually, if you keep it more generic and it's just about the feeling, that can be universal. Everyone feels like a misfit in their town at some point or another. Um, and so that's what's so impactful about it is the fact that he is Bruce in Luton, which should not make sense, but it does. Mm. <laughs> I agree with you, Hannah, but I would also like to see Eddie's version. <laughs> I think, I, I think I, I'd like to see my version, but I, I, I think the way they did it was so much more like subtle and a, and a lot better than, you know, the, they could have just easily gone down that route of kind of, you know, just making it a bit wacky and having him kind of disappear into like a kind of music video. It shows how good the music is, though, that it sustains yeah. a whole sort of three-minute, essentially, mini-music video. Yeah. Like, when they do Born to Run, especially. I was thinking about that this morning. It's just the whole song. They do the whole song. They don't even abridge it, of them running around the town and causing mischief and stuff. Mm. And it's so absorbing. Yeah, that's <laughs> true, actually. Yeah, they really go for it. They, they don't cut many of the songs short. No, which is surprising. Because it's not a musical either, I wouldn't say. No, no. definitely not. I find it weird though, because like, I mean, I guess same as like Javid. Like when I was a kid, like it was always my dream to like move to New York. I thought because I grew up in like kind of a bit of a sort of dead end like town where there wasn't really much going on, and so New York for some reason just is that like is the epitome of like you know that seems like you know there's always you've stuff happening there. Yeah, you've made it, but you know it's kind of weird to think you know like you can grow up there like Bruce Springsteen did, and it, you just hate it. You know, it's just well, he grew up in New Jersey, in Asbury Park. But I mean, it's nearish New York, but America's a huge place. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty big, it's got to be said. <laughs> like, Reading's pretty close to London. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I understand what you're saying. Yeah, you yeah. know, where you live is exotic to someone. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so, should we move on to rating? Yeah. Mm, let's do it. Well, I don't want to go too punchy with my rating. 
Oh. But I think I'm going to give it a 10. Oh, my God. That is punchy. Bloody hell. I was thinking about it this morning, and I just... It just affected me so much. You know, I enjoyed it. It made me smile. It also made me feel things. It showed me an experience of, like, how people feel in a time and in a situation which I haven't grown up in. So I find that super interesting. And by the end of it, I cared about the character so much. It made me cry uh, quite a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. It just really touched me. And the music is amazing. I don't think there's anything I would have changed about it. Um, actually, no. There is probably maybe one small thing. <laughs> the the <laughs> girlfriend, sometimes the way that she said things felt a little bit staged. And I know she's supposed to be like this big, political kind of uh really interested in all of that but i don't know something about her performance didn't quite click so maybe 9.9 <laughs> but Ooh. but generally speaking like she was fantastic anyway it was only just sometimes certain things she'd say i'd be like yeah oh. i can tell that was written by someone and you said it oh my god i hope she doesn't listen to this she was the only reason that this wasn't a perfect film yeah i can't <laughs> believe you broke up the decimals for her yeah <laughs> But yeah, I loved it. I just, honestly, it's like the kind of film that you would just say to people, you should definitely, definitely watch this film. Whatever kind of film you like, you'll like this film. So yeah, I loved it. And also, Bruce. <laughs> the boss. <laughs> the I'm not even a Bruce fan. The only Bruce song I knew before this um, properly was Dancing in the Dark, because that's on my running playlist. Mm. Um, so I was really <laughs> pleased when that was the first Bruce song that came on. I was like, oh yes, they're going in with a easy gateway Bruce song um, <laughs> but yeah oh okay I'm gonna have to say that I also love this film I'm for a little bit of context I think the context which I've watched this film is also important I'm co like recovering from coronavirus at this moment mm. and I had kind of had like quite a tiring day I would say and I was just sat there in a dark room I was feeling a bit low and I put this movie on, like, really hoping it would cheer me up. And by the time I walked out of that room, I was, like, so excited about, you know, the world around me and to listen to some Bruce Springsteen and stuff. So just by virtue of the fact that it was able to turn me, like, my, almost my whole day did a 180 after I watched that film. It's definitely a nine for me. Mm. Just loved it. It cheered you. It cheered me, for sure. And I would <laughs> recommend anyone who's having a bad day does the same that's the thing is it doesn't just cheer you it makes you feel something it just fills your soul up i don't know it just it does everything you could possibly want a film to do to make you feel good and think about things anyway that was more of my rating really but what do you think eddie yeah i, I, <laughs> I really really liked it i really liked that you know it just felt like if i'd watched this as a teenager i would have absolutely like adored it and i still did really like it but i think it really, really captures that feeling of, you know, just just wanting to leave and or just being so into something, you know, as a teenager, some kind of some piece of art that just really speaks to you and it kind of just kind of like guides you through like the, the kind of really tough times. And I think they, they showed that really well. I'm not really a Bruce Springsteen fan, but this film made me really kind of every single song that came on, like I was kind of like, you know, moving along to it and it was really kind of, you know, getting me going. So I think they all the elements came together really, really nicely, I think. There, there'd be a couple of things that I would change. Maybe the next-door neighbour bit, I would have had a bit more of a kind of build-up. Because he turns out to be nice and maybe a little bit too early on. I would have liked that to be maybe kind of a bit more of a, a twist later on. Mm. I kind of agree with the girlfriend. I would have liked to have seen a, a couple more scenes maybe with the 
girlfriend and, and her parents, maybe, because I thought that was quite an interesting scene. Mm. Oh, and yeah, that's true. They, they didn't do much with that. And uh, I would like to see... I know he kind of had to keep his girlfriend kind of secret from his family, but maybe a scene with... Um, just maybe kind of a bit more interaction between the those two leads and, and their kind of respective families. I think that would have made for quite an interesting dynamic. But obviously, I know it's based on a true story. You can't just change mm. stuff. I suppose they kind of used it to add texture to the whole racism yeah, element exactly. of it, but that, it could have been used well, That's why more. I would have liked a bit mm. more, yeah. Um, okay, so what's the, what's the rating, though? I'm going to go for... I'm going to give it an eight. I really, really liked it. I think there was nothing nothing wrong with it really i don't there's anything i would change so i know that should mean it's a 10 but i just felt like it was it was really great but i I kind of just wanted to be hit just that little bit more with kind of the Mm. the unemotional sort of punches at the end i think i know what's drawing you back because i think it's also the same reason that i couldn't give it a 10 in my own head is that i i loved it but i don't know if i'd watch it like again and again and again and again kind of thing Mm. Mm. i think at the end when he's kind of doing the speech for his family uh, I really liked that bit and it, it kind of had me on the verge of tears and I, I wanted it to push me over the edge you know I was kind of hoping <laughs> the next line would just be kind of like you know one of those belters where you just kind of your face just kind of creases up and you're like oh my god please I just want to cry <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but it just didn't it are didn't, you okay <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but it just didn't deliver that killing blow for me sadly um, but I, I mean I know to be, I watched it with you Hannah and your parents and the rest of you were all like crying so I think maybe that's yeah. more of a fault with me than the film but, but yeah <laughs> like, that's I think the thing that really got to me about it is like you were saying about how he's just desperate to leave home and he just wants to go out and follow his own path. And I remember really feeling like that, like I wanted to go out and kind of be independent. But then when you go and have that independence, you kind of realise how important your family and your friends are and the support network that you have. And actually, you can't just be on your own. You do need other people. Yeah, I think the message at the end, the, all the messages in this film are, are really, really good. It's Like you said, it's not mm. just about escaping. It's about trying to find that bridge and realising that you can follow your dreams and your family aren't holding you back from your dreams, even if you think they are. Like, you yeah, know, being they, completely selfish and doing exactly what you want yeah. actually isn't what you want. You just don't even know it yet. Mm. That's deep as. <laughs> <laughs> I've realised we haven't torn apart any films yet, have we? We've just... I mean... Yeah. I, no, we tore apart Tenet a bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, we kind of did. Okay, well, that's yeah. fine. We've torn apart a film, we could... I, I'd quite like, let's put on a bit of a rubbish film. In the next few weeks, can we pick a film that's kind of... Uh, yeah, I, I would quite like to really like tear a film apart. I don't want to okay. just watch a film I know is going to be crap, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I know what we could do. Yeah. What we could do mm-hmm. is, next week, we could come with a list of maybe our top three worst films that we've ever watched in our entire lives. Ooh. Or mm. maybe yeah. controversially bad. You know, so we hate them, but other people we know liked oh, them. Yeah, I like that. Well, and then spin the wheel. Yeah, and then si- no, no, not spin the wheel, but just have a discussion about it instead of the game. Yeah. I'm not watching a film I hate again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, I, yeah, like, yeah, I, like, that. I like that. I like that. Okay, well, that's what we'll do for the game next week. Tune in then. next week if you want to hear that. If you want to hear us actually be nasty for once. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Now we've got them hooked and baited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hooked and baited. It's like Kardashians, like, next time. <laughs> Yeah, man, I'm coming back next week. Yeah. <laughs> so, for this week, for the game slot, I've prepared a Bruce Springsteen balderdash. Ooh. So, I've written down a list of Bruce songs, and what you have to do is write down what the song is about, okay? Just based on the title of the song. Yep. And then I'll read out anonymously the different definitions of what the song is about with the real definition shuffled in. And then you have three opportunities to get points. 
One is if you guess which one is the correct song definition. One, if someone else votes for your definition, or if you write a definition that actually is what the song is about. But okay. I can see a small flaw here in that there's only me and Eddie, surely. So I've already written out some fake definitions of my own that I'm going to okay. shuffle in with the real definition okay. and your okay. definitions. Okay. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. So do you want to play? Yeah, let's do it. Woo! Okay. <laughs> 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 I'm hyped. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have that much energy. Jeez. <laughs> so, the first song is The Ballad of Jesse James. Okay. Oh. Okay, are you ready? Yeah, I think so. So, The Ballad of Jesse James. Okay. Option one. Jesse is outlawed for protecting the woman he loves, only for her to leave him for another man who makes more money. Ouch. Option two. Jesse has a passion for cooking, but ends up gradually chopping off all his fingers until uh, during his career until he can no longer cook anything requiring dexterous manoeuvres. <laughs> he chopped off all his fingers while cooking. <laughs> <laughs> the number of mistakes he made during reading that one makes it sound untrue. Yeah. <laughs> also, how can you chop off all your fingers? I can imagine on, on you know, your right hand. Once your right hand's been chopped off, how do you chop off the ones on your left hand? Well, then you do need to learn how to chop with your other hand, so I guess... Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. It's eventually, all your fingers will get chopped off. That's just the way it works. <laughs> <laughs> Option three. A heart-wrenching song about the assassination of outlaw Jesse James by his best friend. Oh, oh someone's trying horrible. to sell it in that one. And finally, option four. A famed cowboy inevitably dies young, showing the contrast between the desirability of legend and reality. <laughs> that sounds so much better than all the yeah, others. I was just thinking that. <laughs> that must be the real one. Okay, for one. that one. <laughs> and, unless that's yours, and that's a really good bluff. <laughs> <laughs> Surely Bruce, only Bruce could have written that. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah I think that one. <laughs> this, is, this is humbling. Yeah, I thought mine was quite good. <laughs> that is the correct one. But okay. I would like to point out that I wrote that. Oh, really? I wrote all the real definitions based oh, really? on synopses. Oh, so that's yeah. my amazing but you can, brain. You can clearly feel Bruce's inspiration in yeah. that one. Yeah, He's I didn't come up with the you. idea, which is, you know, the good bit about <laughs> it, really. Oh, man. Okay, zero, zero. <laughs> Bruce won, Alex and Eddie Jeez. Mill. Which one was Eddie's? Eddie's was the one about the outlaw... Assassination. Assassination. Yes. What was yours, Alex? The chopping off the fingers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Song two. Visitation to Fort Horn. <laughs> okay, I've got to up my game here. Yeah, right, okay, I need to write really sort of fancy now. Just not roasting on an open fire. Okay, Jack are you ready? Frost? Yeah, 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 I'm ready. ready, ready, ready. <laughs> Option one, visitation to Fort Horn. A soldier returning from war discovers he can't love anymore and yearns to return to battle. Option two. Soldiers fighting at Fort Horn keep losing battles because the ghost of one of their opposition's men sabotages their attacks until one of the soldiers falls in love with the ghost's living daughter. Oh, my God. <laughs> that, I like that. <laughs> I actually like that. Option three. Soldiers at the fort capture a magician who dies <laughs> while being set <laughs> 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 free.
<laughs> What's a magician doing in the middle of a battlefield? <laughs> this top hat and wrap. Okay, sorry, go on. It could still be it, to be fair. What happens? <laughs> sorry. Soldiers at the fort capture a magician who dies while being set free. In order to break his magic, the captain hangs him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's not over yet. But this causes a huge storm <laughs> and for the first time plunges fear into the captain's heart. Oh. Um, that's really quite epic. Okay. Do you mean a wizard? Do you mean a wizard? No, magician. Okay. Because <laughs> a magician can't actually cause storms. A magician is somebody who pulls rabbits out of hats. A wizard is someone who actually has powers. <laughs> Do you know? What yeah. I mean? it, it, if it was a magician, surely it would be like a storm that they thought was a storm, and then they realised yeah. it was just an illusion. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know what the person who was wrote it thought, but okay. they clearly thought it was good. Okay. Finally, option four: the bars that trap us in our everyday lives become apparent to everyone who visits the fort. They never leave the fort the same. <laughs> Okay, that one. (laughs) (laughs) So your options are a soldier returning from war discovers he can't love anymore Mm. but yearns to return to battle. The second one is soldiers fighting at the fort keep losing battles because they're plagued by a ghost from the opposition. The third one was about the magician. I like that as well, but also don't think it's true. Um, And the fourth one is about the bars that trap us in our everyday lives. The ghost of the magician Mm. one would make good films, but I I can't see how it would work in a song. I'm going to go for the last one, I think. I'm going to have to go for, um, I think, the ghost one for me. So Alex is going for the ghost of the opposition, and Eddie is going for the bars that trap us in our everyday lives. Yes. Well, I can reveal that the correct answer is that the soldiers at the fort capture a magician who dies no while being way. set free. <laughs> no way, no way. Yeah. God no damn it, way. Bruce. Let me see that, let me see that, please. <laughs> no, because I've got the other ones written here. Oh. Maybe I interpreted what? it wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was about a magician. Oh. Wait, that means Alex's must have been the bars one. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And mine was, was the one about the ghost. Oh. oh, dude. So Alex gets a point, so it's 1-0 now. Oh, God. Yes. A magician? Why, why would there be a magician in a battlefield? I need to listen to this song. I'm sorry, but it literally said magician in the okay, song, yeah, not well, wizard. I'll, I'll listen to the thing. Bru- okay, Bruce yeah, thought I'm it was good. I'm making a note. No one can argue with the boss. Okay, you ready for the next song? Yeah. Darlington County. Okay. Song number three, Darlington County. Okay. Option one. Two guys head out on a road trip to find work in Darlington City but instead chase girls and get into trouble, ending with one of them being arrested. Ooh, I like that. Nice. Option two. As a traveller journeys through rural America, he begins to forget where he is headed and where he is from. Nice. Option three. A young man living in Darlington County is caught between staying and helping his family make ends meet or following his friend to New York to get his dream in the city. Mm. <laughs> And option four, a courtroom jester is ruined by a curse which extracts (laughs) the humour from all his jokes. But people still laugh, making him realise that they weren't laughing at his jokes, they were laughing at him. (laughs) That is good. (laughs) After the magician, it's like anything goes now. (laughs) The floodgates have opened. I'm going to go for number three, the, uh, the guy who wants to go to New York. 
I think I'm going to go for number two, the guy that's lost all the context of his travels. Mm. Well, I can reveal that the actual answer is the two guys who head out on a road trip to find yeah. work. Oh, no. nice. What? You said the guy who's going to New York to get his dream. Oh, oh they were just so similar. I thought they were the same one. Yeah, it wait, was uh, a subtle I meant, difference I meant the there. third one. What was the third one? No, it's the first one that was real. Oh. Ouch. I'm sorry. Oh, man. You picked my one. I'm sorry, Eddie. Oh. And Alex picked your one. Yeah. Uh, so you get points. So now it's one all. Okay. Oh, okay. my God. Okay. Okay. So it's all to play for okay. in the final oh song God. in okay. this game of Springsteen Boulder Dash. <sighs> do, 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 do. Jesus. And the final song is called Highway Patrol Man. Ooh. Okay. So, the Highway Patrol Man. Option one. The roads never run smooth for a young kid just trying to get along and get out before he gets stuck. Mm, that sounds like something a priest would write. Option two. A man becomes a highway patrolman after losing money as a farmer. But when his troublesome brother returns from the army, he keeps letting him off, even when he severely injures a young man because he's his brother. Mm. Oh, I like that. That sounds like a real song. Yeah. Option three. A corrupt cop stuck in traffic on the highway sees that the drivers all around him are criminals he has killed. Oh, <laughs> That's a good one, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> what? what? What do you mean? And finally, option four. A young boy always dreamed of being a highway patrolman so he could enforce law and make his town better. However... He's a magician. <laughs> <laughs> However, his friends disapprove because they see police as an enemy to freedom. Oh. Oh, sorry. So they stru drunkenly oh. steal his gun, <laughs> <laughs> forcing him to convict them. Okay, so you definitely didn't write that then. <laughs> I can't remember the last bit. Uh, what's number two? Could you read that back to me? Number two was a man becomes a highway patrolman after losing money as a farmer, uh, but when his troublesome brother returns from the army, he keeps letting oh, him yeah. off. I'm going to go for that one. Yeah, that, do that does sound the most realistic. Yeah, I'm going to have to go for that one as well. Well, I can reveal that one is the real one. Yeah. So it's a tie. Hurrah. Man, Bruce has just got such a clear voice. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> you didn't trust him on Magician Gate, though, did you? That's true. No. I, I think he messed up a little bit there. I mean, I need to listen to it, but I just... Well, you know, a masterpiece is a masterpiece. Yeah. I, I will listen to that, though. That's drawn me in, definitely. <laughs> so what are we watching next week? Next week, we are going to be watching The Lighthouse, uh, as recommended by one of our listeners. Yeah, and I'd just like to take a moment to say we've had lots of really nice, positive feedback from our listeners. Um, so thank you for all the nice messages. Oh, that is lovely. <laughs> <laughs> and if any other listeners wanted to get in touch to tell us how much they love this podcast or with a film recommendation like The Lighthouse was from uh, Freddie, where can they contact us, Eddie? Uh, they can email us at filmclubrules at gmail.com. Or they can also Instagram us, if they're down with the kids, at filmclubrules.com. <laughs> For a minute there, I thought I'd gotten it wrong again. Yeah, me too. I was just like in my head going over what it actually is called. Um, <laughs> perfect. So uh, that'll be it. So we'll see you next week for The Lighthouse. Thank you very much, everyone. See you next week. Can't bloody wait. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.